It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. It's coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So why don't you make it your first listen and tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we got to talk about some losing. <laughs> Blazers wrap up a three-game road trip Sunday in Toronto, 0-3. They started off losing Minnesota on Friday evening. They lost in a just absolute ugly one against the Indiana Pacers. And then they didn't get any better. Winless 0-3. They lose in Toronto to wrap things up there. Let's talk about the two games over the weekend, the Friday and the and the Sunday game, uh, Indiana and Toronto. Uh, then some just thoughts on where they are. I called this heading into this road trip a prove-it trip. A chance to prove it. The Blazers hadn't beaten a, a good team or a competitive team on the road in a while. They still haven't. I think they proved it. I think I think they I think we've seen the proof. And then we want to talk about what's next. Um, so much of this Blazers team will be defined by what happens over the next month. Let's talk about what that looks like. But first, we got a fastest recap in the West for two games. We're doing what we do here. 108-99, the Indiana Pacers beat the Blazers on Friday evening. The Pacers are pretty good. Like they're, they're, They were 21-18 coming into the game. They've been one of the surprising teams. Tyrese Halberton's a star. Miles Turner's having a career year. This is a good team. It's a chance for the Blazers to prove themselves against a good team. They led after the first quarter. They led after the, at halftime. They led heading by, led heading by one, led by one heading into the fourth quarter. That one tripped me up. Much like the Blazers, I stumbled down the stretch. Portland took a lead, 95-93 against the Pacers with seven minutes and 32 seconds remaining on a bucket in the paint by Damian Lillard. He makes a little mid-range jump shot. Blazers have a lead. They have played poorly to this point. The offense hasn't been good. Uh, Damian Lord has not played well, but they are winning with seven minutes and 32 seconds left. They would not make another basket over the final seven and a half minutes. Final seven and a half minutes, 0 for 13 to close the game. 0 for 13. They missed their final 13 shots. They scored four points in the final seven and a half minutes, all coming at the free throw line. Two free throws by Jeremy Grant, two free throws by Damian Lord. Nothing in the run of play. Some bad turnovers, just some double teams from Indiana that took them out of it, and some straight-up freaking bricks. And that's how you lose 0 for 13. They lose 108-99 on Friday evening. Damon Lord, 19 points on, on 7 of 24 shooting. He missed 17 shots, 17 missed field goals, 19 points, 1 of 8 from the three-point range. Amberty Simons. 20 points on 7 of 20 shooting. He shot fine from 3, 4 of 11, but... Um, he, Quite frankly, wasn't wasn't very good. Uh, Jeremy Grant, six of fifteen, finished with fifteen points. The whole offense stunk. Yusuf Nurkic had a season high nineteen rebounds. He finished with fourteen points. He also struggled from the floor, six of fifteen. Josh Hart made his shots. Jabari Walker had a nice performance off the bench, but the Blazers closed with their starters on the floor and could not score. They lose, go to 0-2 on the road trip, head into Sunday with a chance to salvage, I don't know, not even salvage, a chance to finish the road trip without a truly sour taste in their mouths. They take a six, they lead by as many six points in the third in the first quarter, but the close of the first quarter and the opening of the second quarter, the game gets away from them. The Blazers 
from up six, just start hemorrhaging points to close the quarter. They they go down, they end up down seven heading into the second quarter, trailed by as many as 19 in the second quarter as the game was just like, okay, they're going to lose much of this without the without Toronto starters on the court. In fact, the Blazers, when when both teams got got their starters back on the floor in the second and end of the second quarter, the Blazers made a little run, made it respectable. We're only down 58-53 at the break. They opened the uh, gave a 14-0 run to open the third quarter out of the gates, absolutely flat. Turned the ball over three times in their first four chances to open the quarter. Just. Just what a just what a team that is not playing well does, and uh, they are not a team that's playing well. Found themselves down 15 in after three, heading into the fourth, and they still made it a game because it's what they've done recently. Is they've been good enough, just good enough to lose pretty badly. <laughs> Twice cut it to three against the Raptors, including a tip in by Dame with six minutes and 17 seconds left. As bad as they've played. Down 19 in the, in the second quarter, down 19 again in the third. Okay, they make the run. 19 is just not that big of a lead in t- the, today's modern NBA. The Blazers, the Raptors have um, themselves have lost three in a row. They really are not a particularly good offensive team. Cube them in the half court. You make them shoot. You can have a chance. The Blazers give themselves a chance. Cut it to three. Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet hits a three. Damon Lillard misses a layup. Fred Van Vliet hits another three. It's a nine-point game in just two possessions. Less than a minute. From three to nine, the Blazers never got closer than five, and they find themselves losers in Toronto, 117-105. The trend continues. When they don't score, they can't win. The Blazers are not good enough on defense to win slugfests. They got to score... 115, whether 10 and 2, when they don't, they lose basketball games. They continue that trend without scoring. Now 9 and 18 when they score fewer than 115 points. They just win games on with offense. That is what this team's formula is. They don't do it on this road trip. In Toronto, Damon Lord played really well in the fourth quarter. He had 34 points uh, to go with 8 assists. He played really well in the fourth quarter and had two crucial turnovers. One uh, where he got his pocket picked by Siakam outside and one just a bad pass that led to a fast break. He finished with 34 to lead the way. Anthony Simons had 22, 14 from Yusuf Nurkic, who also added 18 rebounds. Uh, 14 points from Jeremy Grants. Uh, 16 for eight, excuse me, 18 from Josh Hart and a combined three points from the bench. The bench struggled. It really, 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 really struggled. They legitimately just couldn't get it going. And we're not talking all bench lineups. Um, Chauncey had to play some of his bench, but he opened the fourth quarter down 15 with his starters on the court because he wanted to win the game. And he knew that, a, a you know, down 15, another four minutes without his dudes on the court, he was going to struggle because, quite frankly, the bench just hadn't been good enough uh, to 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 be competitive in this game. And then the bench lineups with with uh, Amphrey Simons and Jeremy Grant trying to quarterback him hadn't been competitive, and the just ant minutes hadn't been competitive. They had to have those guys back there. It's too much to ask your starters to play the final 12 minutes in a race of 15-point deficit. They almost did. But again, you're running 42 minutes from Ant, 40 minutes from Dame, 40, almost 41, 39 from Jeremy Grant, 39 from Josh Hart, and 38 from Yusuf Nurkic. It's too many minutes. It's it's untenable. Some of that is the roster. Some of that is, um, um, I think, on, specifically in Toronto, it's more about the bench not playing well than Chauncey's just propensity not to trust the young guys. I thought he could have maybe done that a little bit more in Indiana, but 
he's trying to win games. Coach many coaches across the league, everywhere else, you know, rely on their rely on their starters to do it. They just didn't get it done, and for the second straight, for the third straight game, they lose on the road. It's a brutal one, a brutal one. In Minnesota to begin this road trip, they had 18 turnovers. Friday night in in Indiana, 18 turnovers. Go over 13 down the stretch. Turn the ball over 18 times in the game, and then a season high. 24 turnovers against the Toronto Raptors. <sighs> they play like a team that doesn't know each other. The word coming out of training camp was connected. Do they feel connected to you? It's not what I'm seeing. Heading into this trip, Blazers had scuffled a little bit, but they just they blew Detroit out on, on a home game. Gary Payton came back. He missed this entire trip with a sprained ankle that he sustained in that game. He warmed up with the intent to play in Toronto. He was downgraded, doubtful. Ankle's just not ready. Um, he's he's still out. Blazers need him. They, they need him. They need Justice Winslow. They need Nazir Little. They need any veterans who could contribute off the bench. They need their Their depth is lacking right now. Heading into this road trip, I said this was a chance for the Blazers to prove it, prove it, prove it. Win some tough games, you know, th- three winnable games and also three losable games. So it was a chance to go against competitive teams. Uh, Minnesota, who's, who's you know, has been scuffling. Toronto's been scuffling. But teams we thought were going to be more competitive. Indiana, who's been surprisingly good, a chance to to prove it. Go 2-1 and one and prove you're a competitive team. And what the Blazers do, they go 0-3, fell flat on their face in two fourth quarters in Minnesota and Indiana, and just got kind of bum-rushed in the third quarter against it, against the Raptors and couldn't get all the way back. I think they proved it. Let's talk about what they proved in the in the second segment. But first, why don't you go to TurboTax and do your taxes? Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do... Well, you can do not taxes. You can show your eyes things that are not taxes. You can unpack moving boxes that are not taxes. Taste, not taxes. Sing, not taxes. A lullaby. Hope, not taxes. Sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride, not taxes. Into the sunset. With the TurboTax 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit, visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is how I typically begin these second segments. The Blazers proved it. Proved it. Um, in general, I don't like citing myself on this podcast. It's like I do a lot of these 250 shows a year as a daily podcast. Uh, so it's like if you listen to the show, you knew. I know. <laughs> I know. You can't listen to every show. But if you had listened to past shows in that past show, let me cite myself real quick. I said it was a prove it road trip, a chance for them to prove it, to prove what they are. If they had won the games, they were two and one on this trip. What do you think I would have said? I would have said they proved it. They took they took care of business. This would have been a positive. Hey, they proved it to us type of a segment. I think you got to call it like you see it. The Blazers proved it on this trip. They proved they aren't very good. They proved they aren't very good. There is a tendency with sports reporters 
uh, to say, it's a tinge of I told you so, but it's mostly a, well, what did you expect? <laughs> I'm guilty of that a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm poking fun at myself here as much as anyone else. But I've seen Sean Hyken at Rose Garden Report do it. I've seen Jason Quick of The Athletic do it. Been things they wrote this week. Uh, two subscription-based reporters that I read all the time, every day, every time they write. Saw them do it too. Said, well, the Blazers weren't expected to be very good this year. So the fact that they're now a game below 500 at 19 and 20 halfway through the season isn't that surprising. Yeah, that's true. Sure. That's true. I think the national perception of the Blazers is that they were a slightly below 500 team. I think locally in this market, most uh, media members thought the Blazers would win something like 40 to 45 games. Uh, 45 games is going to get you right in the thick of it in the West. 39 games probably going to you probably miss playoffs. Uh, so like the Blazers are going to be right in there, and I think they're kind of right on, on right on pace for that. But to dismiss this stretch as, well, yeah, duh, is to dismiss what is right in front of your eyeballs. And I do not want to do that. I, I like, I respect you too much, dear reader, um, dear listener. I've had readers in the past. Now I've got listeners. Uh, I don't mean that. Like, I don't mean to be like, I'm going to tough talk while others won't. I don't, it's like, here's what I'm going to say. I watch all the games. I watch some of the, the, the games multiple times. I, I, I love this stuff. I obsess over it, and I, I truly, truly love NBA basketball. The Blazers aren't giving you a lot to be excited about. A loss in Minnesota where they did not play particularly well and were right there tied with three and, three and a half minutes left. A loss in Indiana where they did not play particularly well and had a lead with seven minutes left and could not score so help them... God or whomever. And a game in Toronto where they struggled in the second quarter, fought all their way back, immediately booted away over the first four minutes of the third quarter, and all of their bugaboos, all of their problems came back. The turnovers. All year long, the turnovers. And in the beginning of the year, the explanation was, well, it's a new team getting acclimated to one another. They've played 40 games together. Not anymore. This is a team that's sloppy and loose with the ball. Some of it is lack of passing skills. I think Jeremy Grant's a great passer. Uh, Josh Hart is has a turnover percentage uh, closing in on 18% of his possessions. He turns the ball over a lot. He's loose with the ball. Anthony Simons can get loose with the ball as well. Damian Lord is having one of his worst turnover seasons of his career. Yusuf Nurkic is a feast or famine type passer where he can throw some incredible passes and make some poor decisions. The young guys are young guys. Young guys turn the ball over. That, like, this isn't about continuity or familiarity or new system or any of that. This is a team that has turnover problems f because they are have some physical limitations with what they can do. And also, they just play loose. loose. They do not, they're not sharp on stuff. Sharp is like... I'm going to see this pass and make it crisp, or I'm going to going to move the ball a little bit quicker so the defense isn't there. They're not crisp. They're not sharp. The word coming out of training camp, so the Blazers are going to be the most connected team. In fact, Joe Cronin, Joe Cronin played down expectations so friggin' hard in, at a media day, right? He said, we're not the most talented, we're not the most overwhelmingly talented team, but we're going to be the most connected. This team doesn't play connected. They do not play like they know each other. They oftentimes, coming out of halftime, 
do y'all know, does everyone know everyone? Um, I've coached youth sports a couple different times in my life. Uh, when you play, when you coach really young kids, uh, kind of do like, just like, let's get every, let's make sure we know everyone's name. So when the ball comes across the, f- the mid court, you can call the person by their name. Uh, so you can, so like just some team building stuff. Do the Blazers need to make sure that Jeremy knows Anthony and Anthony knows Damien and Damien knows Yusuf and Yusuf knows Josh and Josh knows Drew? Drew knows Shaden and Shaden knows Jabari. I don't even think it's the young guys. Like I, it's the starters. I am worried about the starters turning the ball over too much, too loose with it. All over this road trip, 18, 18, and then 24 turnovers in three straight games. And what really worries me about this team is that their strengths aren't very strong. Coming into the season, I think it was very reasonable to think that the Blazers were not going to be a particularly good defensive team, but they had the tools with the addition of Jeremy Grant and uh, the ascension of Anthony Simons and how freaking good Damian Lillard is that they were going to be an elite offense and a struggling defense. In fact, over most of the past few seasons, that's what they've been, a bad defensive team with a peak of being one of the best offenses in the league. Right now, they're 12th on offense. They're a little bit below average. Some of that is certainly because their bench is very young. Jabari Walker is an intriguing young part. He's 20 years old. Shaden Sharp is probably going to be a really good player in this league. He is not very good right now. Um, even when he's his brightest spots, like he has some, he, he's 19. He's 19. Uh, he, and, he, and he plays like it often. Um, he's just not ready and it makes some turnovers and some bad decisions and stuff like that. Whatever. Young guys are going to be young. Keon Johnson's playing a bunch of minutes. He's going to be young. Drew Eubanks is, is probably being asked to do more than he's capable of. I think Drew's been good this year, but sure. The fact that the bench is is not very good, like, and doesn't score at a high level, whatever. Like, yeah, that 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 tracks with kind of the quality of players that they have and the and the the age of the players they have. They're developmental players. It is hard to both win at a high level and develop young guys. I, I am not worried about it. Like, I I don't think Shaden Sharp or Jabari Walker's future is really jeopardized. That sometimes they look bad on offense in January of 2023. I don't think it's a big deal. But they play. 48 minutes with either Anthony Simons or Damian Lillard on the court. This team always has a very good offensive player on the floor. And they're 12th on offense. They're pushing towards league average. Over the last two weeks, according to Cleaning the Glass, the Blazers are 24th in offense. 24th. During that same stretch, they're 5th in defense. They've played some ugly games. Minnesota and and, uh, Indiana were not exactly high-scoring games where where they just couldn't get buckets, right? The offense failed them, failed them. Uh, you know, the blowout of, of um, in Detroit, like it helps helps the both their offense and, and their defense a little bit, but 24th in offense over the past two weeks. 12th on the year, uh, scoring at home 22nd on defense of the year. But the strengths not being strong worry me. I wouldn't be worried about the weaknesses. The same way I'm not really worried about the young guys not being very good. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's like consistent with my, the way I think about the NBA basketball. Young players are going to struggle in this league when you ask them to play. You know, can you be a big-time contributor on a playoff team? Most young guys are going to struggle. Put more young guys in a lineup, could struggle even more. The Blazers roster right now is dictating that they do that. Whatever, yeah, sure. The defense not being good, sure, yeah, whatever. Like I, I see, I know the roster. I know that they start Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. I know they start Josh Hart at small forward. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they're like a below average defense. The offense not being good, the strengths not being strong is worrisome. And this road trip, where the offense 
um, Dolphins didn't totally fail them against Toronto. But in the first two games, the offense was the reason they lost. Poor, just bad shot making. I don't think execution was bad against Minnesota, but bad shot making, and then both bad shot making and terrible execution against the Pacers. There are elephants in the room that I am intentionally avoiding. Later this week, we'll talk about Chauncey Billups. We'll talk about Anthony Simons. Absolutely, come back, listen to the show. But I think this road trip proved what we know about this team. They're just not very good right now. They're playing like a below 500 team. And maybe back in October, they tried to tell us this. And maybe even on this podcast, like literally the last show I did or Thursday show, whatever it was, last week, I said this exact thing. It's like, yeah, you, you, you kind of, this is kind of where we thought they would be. It doesn't mean that it doesn't stink. As a fan, it doesn't stink. It stinks. It stinks. They are frustrating to no end. And I and I, I, I want to meet you where you're at. If you're listening to this podcast, the January 9th show of this team after this stretch, I want to meet you where you're at. This team stinks and it's frustrating. What's next is what matters. They're a month from the trade deadline and a month where they are almost exclusively at home. They've got a tough stretch coming up over the next 10 days and then it gets pretty easy. We're going to know what's up at the end of January. Let's talk about what that might look like to close the show. But before we do that, this episode, like many before it, is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to Built.com and get a whole bunch of delicious bars. Uh, I've been telling you about these protein bars forever, like closing in on three years. I love them because they taste great. My personal favorites are cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie. They also pack 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories and less than 5 grams of sugar. On average, four, four net carbs. Tastes great. Pack a punch, not filling you with a bunch of unhealthy stuff you don't need. Before, only available online, Built.com, an exclusively internet-based product. But now, for the first time ever, if you live near a Walmart and a Sam's Club, and if you are an American listener, you live near a Walmart or a Sam's Club, that's how this country works, you can go buy a pack of Built Bars right now. You could go get a pack of churros. You could go get a pack of Coconut Brownie Puff. That's a very popular flavor in the Locked On Podcast Network. You can either go buy a four-pack right now, figure out what you like, or if you are near a Sam's Club or a Walmart, go right now, pick up a 13-pack of cookies and cream. That's the big box. Find out if you like it because you've been hearing me tell you about it for so long. Built Bars. Go check them out. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. This is going to release on Sunday, January 8th. It's the evening of Sunday, January 8th as I'm recording this, but this is Monday, January 9th show. Exactly one month from the February 9th trade deadline in the NBA. The Blazers, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and bet it right now, are going to do something at the trade deadline. Something. Part of the reason they're going to do something at the trade deadline is because Josh Hart is a free agent. Uh, because they need more help because they're not big enough, because they could use uh, a little more shooting, and because their general manager, their lead decision maker in the front office, told us as much back at, at training camp. He said the, the roster is not done, and it's going to take some time and some cycles, which is like the trade deadline in the offseason, to get us where we want to go, to upgrade this unfinished product. The word is out. It's happening. The question between now and then is what? 
And like I said, oh, we'll talk about Amphrey Simons in a later episode. This is not going to be a specific trade ant pitchforks thing. It's not going to be a fire the coach thing. We'll talk about Chauncey Billups later this week. Come back. Come back. But this stretch, this month, is crucially important for faith from you, the Blazer fan. Um, I'm a big proponent of, of, of finding joy in basketball. Blazers haven't given you a lot of reason to find that joy. You've had to search for it or to, to cling to joy. You've had to really search for it. It's like, remember when Gary Payton looked really good against the Pistons? It's like, oh, <laughs> that seems like a long time ago. I think what this month means to you, Blazers fan listening to this, you dear listener, is that the team is going to give you a sense of their level of patience. If I was running the Portland Trail Blazers, I wouldn't have to, I'd have a more expensive microphone and I would only do a weekly podcast. Wouldn't do one every day. Uh, no, if I, if I was running the Blazers, I would be patient. I wouldn't make a brash move at the trade deadline. And quite frankly, I do not think they are going to make... I think the Blazers are going to eventually have to take a swing. I think they're at a spot with Damian Lillard and his age and, and what they've committed to him financially that they're going to have to take a big swing with the real the realization that they might swing and miss and they might end up back in the middle or worse than the middle. Right? Which is being bad and also expensive. <laughs> uh but you got to take a risk at some point. I think that's true. I don't know if, and I don't believe, I should say that, I don't believe that February is the, there is an urgency to take a risk to make this team, to, to try to dramatically restructure this team. I am very much not in favor of them making a trade just to make a trade because making a rash trade could lead you back to the middle with different parts. Please have been in the middle for a while. They've, they, you got to trust that this version of the regime, at least give them an opportunity, this version of the regime can, can, can build in a way the previous group couldn't get them out of the middle, right? I, I, maybe not, maybe don't agree, but that's what I believe. But what they do at the trade deadline will give you a sense of their level of urgency, not whether they want to win. Like if they don't make major moves, it's not that they don't want to win. It's that maybe the move wasn't available for them or maybe that they know um, the way that they knew Jeremy Grant was going to be available months, 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 months in advance that like the move they want to make will be better served in the offseason. They're going to do something. And ahead of that trade deadline, what they do and the level of what they do will dictate kind of whether they see this as super urgent, which I don't think they will, or they're, or they're willing to exercise patience, practicing what they preached back in October was that it's going to take time to build what they wanted and that this year was a chance to figure out who had the skill and the temperament, the personality to fit the plan moving forward. It's also another conversation about what the plan is moving forward and who's executing the plan. Sure. But the level of patience that the front office shows, be it none or a great deal, should, in some ways, this is why I said it's about faith. Your faith in the decision makers, depending on what they do over the next month, your faith in them to do the next thing. Because it is abundantly clear that the Blazers are not one big move away. They're several moves away. Several. And, and this road trip has proved that they are several moves away. So between here 
and that February 9th trade deadline date. Blues are going to play a bunch of basketball games. They're coming back home, play Orlando, and then they get the, the, quite frankly, the schedule gets pretty tough. Like it, it's going to be pretty challenging for them. Um, Cleveland, Dallas a couple times, Denver on the road, like Philadelphia, like they, they could have, this could be some mounting losses because they haven't played very well and those are good teams. Um, they've already gotten thrashed by the Cleveland once um, and Philly with or without Joel Embiid is good enough to beat them. Denver's obviously one of the best teams in the league um, and Dallas has, um, you know, once played a close game that they won and once beat the snot out of the Blazers. All lo- those are, a lo- that's a losable stretch, losable stretch for sure. Then it, they, it gets a little easier after that, gets gets softer in the second half of January, but 10 of 11 at home. If they ever have a chance to win tough games, it's in the Moda Center. They've pretty much proven um, that, you know, since the calendar flipped to December, that they're not winning tough games on the road. If they have a chance to get themselves back where they would like to be, it's over this, even with challenging games, it's 10 of 11 at home. Just four games, four road games until the All Star break. Um, it's it is it is there for them to maintain their positioning. I think there was a chance that if they had you know won two out of three in this road trip, there's a chance to climb in the standings. But now it's more about maintaining your spot. Don't slip out of the play-in range with um, you know teams like the Lakers playing better. Uh, but like. Stay where you are. This team wants to be a playoff team. It, it's meaningful them to be a, for them to be a playoff team, and I think um, they've got an opportunity to show that. Because I don't think the Blazers are as bad as they've been over the last three games, but I think they're pretty clearly not very good. Um, they're just they just haven't been good for a long time. They've really struggled since that ten and four start. Uh, you know, they're they're nine and sixteen after their first fourteen games, where they really looked like they were playing well. They haven't been good for, they just haven't been a very good basketball team for closing in on 30 games. It's like, you kind of got to believe someone when they tell you. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means they're not very good. And that has included a challenging schedule. It's including some injuries. In theory, they're going to get a little healthier. In theory, they're going to play some home games that get easier. But even with like outside of that, my my plea to you as a listener to the, of this program is to, to have a level of patience that the next month, which will define the Blazers' season in many ways, both what they do on the court and what the front office does at the trade deadline. That will be the the moment for true judgment. Right now, they don't seem very good. And I do think they proved it to us, right? But before we burn this thing down, <laughs> uh, before we put a, I famously, and a couple years ago, I'm citing myself really, really here. And I said, I didn't want to do this, but I famously once uh, said the Blazers season was done, done, done and put a bow on it. Then a global pandemic struck the world <laughs> and Damon Lord went nuts in the bubble and made them make the playoffs. So it was like one of the great eight game stretches of Damon Lord's career. And it was after me, this big dumb dummy said, this season's over. But I'll do that again in February. I'm not afraid to be wrong. I love being wrong. That's what this podcast is all about, is me owning up to my mistakes in some ways. So I ask you, Blazer fan, if you made it, you're a half hour into this podcast, and it's about, it's about done, so you made it to the end. Have some faith, have some patience, and when we get to February and we get to the trade deadline and we see what they've done with a home-heavy schedule and what they've done to rearrange the roster and the level of what they've done to rearrange the roster, then we'll pass judgment. Also, they'll have some new parts and new stuff to get excited about. 
Come back for more shows. We'll talk Chauncey Billups later this week. We're going to do a whole show, whole show on Chauncey Billups. We're going to do a whole show on Amphrey Simons. We're going to do a whole show on Shaden Sharp. I got the week planned out. It's going to be fun. Don't give up. If you've given up on the Blazers, don't give up on the Lockdown Blazers podcast. Make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I will talk to you soon.